Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, this is a a different kind of an experience for me. Um, I know that you are all with me uh, via uh, a screen, Um, but I am preaching here to uh, largely empty chairs. Uh, I've got Kyle, the, the tech guy in the back. And I have my wife, Valin, sitting, sitting out there. Uh, this takes Valin and me back to my seminary days when I was uh, learning how to preach. And uh, every uh, aspiring preacher has to take a, a preaching class. And uh, you'd have to preach for the class. And there was a crusty old professor who would critique you and everybody else would critique you. So uh, this was a very stressful time for me. Um, wanting to impress the class and the professor. And uh, so when I, as, when I was practicing, I would pull out an ironing board, to usually get, use it as a pulpit, and, uh, and then I would preach my sermon to Valin, and uh, she would critique me. And uh, she was uh, very good at telling me what not to do, like fooling around with my ring or, uh, you know, rubbing my nose or scratching my head or whatever. Uh, so uh, some of those things have been uh, worked out. Um, <laughs> but uh, it sure takes us back to, uh, to earlier times. So this is a very different experience. But, uh, but I know that you see me and you're listening to me. And above all, uh, we're learning from God's Word uh, together. It's uh, an understatement to say that uh, we are living in anxious, anxious times. The coronavirus has us all on edge, and uh, people are freaking out. But it's not just the immediate danger that causes anxiety, but uh, in general, we live in an anxious age. The stresses of our modern world producing all kinds of psychological and physical uh, reactions in us, um, neurotic behavior and... uh, um, high blood pressure, ulcers, heart attacks, uh, you know, you name it. Uh, it's all taking its toll. Anxiety is becoming chronic for, for many of us. Pressures and, and worries and fears real and imagined. Troubles of various kinds uh, all oppress and depress us and would rob us of peace. Uh, Think of that movie, uh, Jaws. Well, someone has said that, uh, that it's kind of like uh, having a constant Jaws theme bass note line going through your life and always having to look for the fin. We, we, we have that kind of anxiety uh, today. Anxiety crops up when you and I feel like we are not in control. So when the doctor uh, shares bad news with us, when there is talk of layoffs, when uh, we hear about the exponential rise of those who have uh, tested positive, the anxiety level goes sky high. But the fact is we are never really totally in control of life. We like to think that we are shielded from such bad things but we are vulnerable to plagues and earthquakes and violence and mayhem uh, that has um, uh, that human beings have had to deal with from the dawn of time. 
I think we tend to harbor the illusion that uh, what happened back then or, or what happens in other countries just can't, can't happen here in the good old USA. Uh, we have achieved a, a certain comfort level. Um, but we know better. Life is difficult for all of us. In the world you have tribulation, says Jesus. So uh, it is vitally important that we actually listen to Jesus who says to us, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus first directed those words to some anxious and troubled disciples. Uh, Jesus was about to leave them. They knew it. Uh, and uh, they didn't know what they were going to do. They were expecting the worst of times. They were filled with dread. The future looked very, very dark and foreboding. And Jesus tells his disciples not to be afraid, and he promises them peace. So what sort of peace is this? Well, it's not as a peace as understood by the world. It's not a superficial kind of a peace that's based on outward circumstances. It doesn't come from running away from life's problems. By peace, Jesus doesn't mean a life free of trouble. On the contrary, Jesus warned his disciples of great trials and tribulations to come. Life, he said, would not be easy, especially for his followers. And uh, yeah, Jesus certainly uh, knew that himself. I mean, think of the opposition that he, that, uh, that he aroused and uh, the enemies that were threatening to undo him and the disappointments that he suffered and the, the blows that he sustained, the, the sorrows that he endured. And so to his first disciples, I think only one disciple actually... Uh, lived out, had, actually had a, a natural death. Everyone else lived or died as martyrs. They all encountered great hostility and persecution. So clearly those disciples did not experience peace if peace means a life free of stress and trouble. And then there's the example of the Apostle Paul. Talk about uh, a, a troubled life. Five times he received 40 lashes, three times beaten with rods. Once he was stoned, he, had, uh, he was shipwrecked. He was in danger from robbers and uh, from his own people. He suffered toil and hardship, hunger and thirst. There was cold and exposure. He was sick on and off all of his life. He had this thorn in the flesh that he just couldn't shake. And Paul spent a good amount of time in prison. Not exactly a peaceful life. Well, we, uh, if you've been with us, we have been working our way through the Apostle Paul's letter to the Philippians, a letter that he wrote as he sat in a Roman dungeon. Our passage this morning couldn't be more apropos to our current situation. So listen to Paul. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there is anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. 
Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. That's Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9. Whenever I, I prepare a sermon, uh, I always feel like I'm preaching to myself first, and I wonder if Paul felt the same way as he was writing these words to his fellow believers. If uh, He was also directing his words to himself, I believe. But Paul gives us some wise counsel as to how to overcome anxiety. First, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. You and I can rejoice in the Lord when we remember and acknowledge that God is sovereign and that God is in control. Peace comes when we remember that that uh, He is there for us. He's nearer than our hands and feet. Because of His presence, we, um, Paul does not give in to panic. He doesn't give in to discouragement or depression. He's, he's able to uh, remain at peace, doesn't fly off the handle. He knows that uh, God firmly has him in His grip. You and I can overcome anxiety and know peace when we remember who is in charge, that He's in control even if we are not. God is good and has proved His faithfulness in the past, and He is faithful still. He will remain true to His promises. This is surely a time to exercise our faith. As a pastor, I've seen the difference in those who have chosen to exercise their faith. They have achieved extraordinary peace in dealing with very difficult circumstances. I've seen it in people who were facing major surgery, uh, in those who have suffered uh, the loss of a loved one, those who have uh, faced unemployment, going through various lo losses and traumas. It's a peace that fills believers with courage and enables them to conquer any situation they face. This peace is not something that the world can take away because it's not dependent on outward circumstances. The storms may rage on the sea of life, and even you know, shipwrecks may happen, but making the harbor is certain, for Christ is with us, and He promises never to abandon us. If you and I are to overcome anxiety, the first step is to rejoice in the Lord's presence with us. And then Paul emphasizes the critical importance of prayer. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace is the fruit of believing prayer. Be not anxious, but in everything by prayer, says Paul. Prayer is key. Prayer is the channel through which God's peace and power can flow. Now, I suppose that on the surface, this can seem kind of glib, you know, like kind of like a, a pious thing to say, just pray and, you know, the fear will disappear and, and, and uh, you know, like it sounds like an easy solution. Um, it's, you know, just say a prayer in the morning and you know, when you get up and say a prayer in, in the evening and, and uh, 
and uh, that's all you need. But that's not what Paul is talking about. Paul found prayer to be an incredible resource. Remember, he was in prison. He, he knew all about anxiety and stress. Paul was in touch with real life, with all its suffering and turmoil. But his, his advice to pray is far from being an easy solution. It's just, it's not a magic formula. But prayer is an exercise by which we bring ourselves to God. All of our needs, all of our concerns, we, we cast all our anxieties upon Him. This is real prayer. In prayer, we give ourselves over to the care of God. We're to take everything, says Paul, all, all, says Paul, all those little cares and anxieties that would rob us of peace. And we're to do so with thanksgiving. We thank God in advance uh, of our prayers, knowing that in His wisdom, He will answer in a way that's appropriate for us. In prayer, we remember that God is good and uh, that God will see us through. It's that kind of believing prayer that takes away anxiety. Now, if anxiety is the attempt to carry all the burdens of our life and all of our stresses, carry them ourselves, then prayer is yielding that burden to God, saying, here, Lord, Lord, you take it. Um, <clears throat> and it's leaving it safe in the hands of God. Again, cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you, says the Apostle Peter. And we do so through prayer. And Paul says that as we pray, God will stand guard over our hearts and minds. The peace of God will stand guard. Paul uses a, a military uh, term or image. The word in Greek for guard or keep was employed when speaking of a company of soldiers watching over a city or a city gate. And uh, this is a wonderful metaphor. The peace of God will stand sentry watch over our hearts and minds. Because God's peace is on duty, we don't have to keep searching the horizon for, for coming enemies or for some alien invasion that would come at any moment and disrupt our lives. We can feel safe and secure for God's love and God's peace guards the citadel of our hearts. God constantly watches over us. He never falls down on His duty. He never sleeps. And in Him, therefore, we find a peace that passes all understanding, garrisoning our heart, enabling us to come through victorious, victoriously in quietness of spirit, calm and steady and unafraid. Finally, brothers and sisters, says Paul, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. We can choose to meditate on the good things of life. We can choose to reflect upon the blessings that we enjoy, the beauty that we see around us, this is a time uh, when we are uh, more inside now, uh, isolated to be more reflective about life in a positive way. 
We can control to a great degree what we think about so that if we're constantly watching the news with its constant focus on a pandemic, then of course we're going to get even more anxious. Turn off the news, read a good book, take a walk, revel in nature, and enjoy your family or those you're with. Stay in touch with friends. And I'm mindful of those who are alone, who are no doubt feeling very lonely. Give them a call. Check up on them. I'm grateful for the folks in this church who have offered uh, their, uh, their services to help somebody uh, with grocery shopping or some other need that people in the church might have. These are uh, trying times. Uh, but by God's grace, we can discover God's peace. Yes, even in the midst of a pandemic, all the anxiety that, that, uh, that attends this. We can rejoice in the Lord because He is near. We can call upon Him for His help and comfort in believing prayer. And with His help, we can redirect our thoughts to all that is true and good and beautiful. I want to close with the words of Psalm 27, which is one of my favorite uh, psalms, Psalm of David, a great psalm to pray uh, during a time like this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it's my enemies, my foes, who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble, He will keep me safe in His dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of His sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. And so may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God. And in Christ Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, remain with us always. Amen.